many of us have come to the impression that transgender issues will never touch our lives, will never touch our children, will never touch our church. So as long as I keep out of the thick of it, I needn't really concern myself with such things. This is a cartoon drag queen and singing about families. This is going to be the key, I think, to understanding the radicalism here, is it's not, hey, look at these lesbians, look at these gay guys, look at these transgender people, look at these, you know, various eccentric characters in the LGBT, LMNOP rainbow. It's look at these families, because having succeeded at redefining, redefining marriage, now the radical sexual revolutionary left is going to try to redefine the family. Well, we are exactly 20 hours and 43 minutes into Pride Month 2021. Yes, happy Pride Month, Stephen. Hashtag Pride Lives Matter. If you do that, it's... Pride, pride Lives or Pride Full Lives? I, well, it's whatever you want it to be. I'm going to be a Grammy... Not, Grammy? <laughs> grammar <laughs> Nazi. Grammar Nazi. Oh, I guess I can't be a Nazi, though. That's pretty bad. Oh, well, yeah. They'll come after you. If they haven't canceled us already, they're canceling you well, now. I, I guess I, I guess... I guess everyone knows I'm from Argentina now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you, did you, uh, you saw that meme I sent you this weekend that said, when you get your result, when you get your DNA results back and it comes back 40% Germany, but you're born in Argentina. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, In honor, Uh, in honor of it being, um, gay month, uh, I want to read a quote from, uh, Spike Cohen where it says, it's that special morning where we watch companies that operate sweatshops in foreign dictatorships that throw gay people in prison or from the tops of buildings, rainbow up their profile pics, and pretend they're allies. For those of you who don't know, Spike Cohen's a libertarian politician. Uh, he was the vice president, uh, vice presidential candidate for um, Joe Jorgensen uh, in the last That's election. Right. You know, it's kind of funny, right, that he would make that comment because he's totally an ally, right? Right. You know, a lot of these libertarians are are libertarians to the extreme because, right, a lot of them are, I don't know how to describe them, really. They're certainly the whole, they're still kind of stuck in the maybe modernism slash postmodernism, right? You know, they're, they're anti, they're certainly anti-religious, a lot of them, right? But, uh, they hold to, you know, there's, there's something, some sort of natural law here and there when it comes to certain things, Mm -hmm. but, but for them, it's, it's, everything's open, right? Cocaine, heroin, butt sex, it's, it's all right. They they love, they love what's happening in Portland right now with the legalization of meth and heroin and all that, oh, all totally. that stuff, all the hardcore drugs, because they themselves, as libertarians, see that as a, a, um, a what's the word they use? Um, there's no, there's no one hurt in it. I can't think of the word I'm looking for right now. Uh, victimless victimless crimes. crimes. That's the word I'm looking for. Victimless crimes. So, you know, it's it is what it is on that, and it's just they they get me it's it's the ones that really are like the anarchists that get me the most the ones that think that any and every cop should just be dead because they think all laws are dumb and they shouldn't have to follow them which isn't libertarian at all it's an anarchist 
they have more in common with the liberals who took over uh, Portland and made Chaz than they do with the libertarians that they call themselves. Right, because most of them aren't necessarily interested in upholding the Constitution, right? So their claim to be, since it is gay month, right, that they supported gay marriage, and they didn't care how terrible the Obergefell decision was. Right. For them, for them, it was just simply about allowing gays or whomever to marry each other. Mm -hmm. My problem is, okay, fine, if you think that's the case, if you think that attitudes are different, okay, whatever, but but do it the right way. Yeah. Convince convince others around you that that's good. Elect legislators who are going to go and fight on your behalf to get that done and make it law or amend the constitution to make it exactly instead of ramrodding stuff through the Supreme court to, to make your ideals law essentially. Right. You know, and right. Because that's, that's really, I mean, there's, there are the checks and balances that our founding fathers set up are there for a reason to keep you from ramrodding things through to keep presidents from signing millions of executive orders in the first hundred days that they're, they're in office. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it's there to keep us from going to war with stupid, with, for dumb reasons, because some, the president doesn't like the way that the prime minister of this other place looked at him. You know, it's they're They're there for that. And to keep the, to keep we, the people safe from the government, that's why the checks and balances are there. Um, but you're right. If they would focus more on people in general would focus more on, electing legislator legislators who believe the same way they do, then we would have actual laws instead of just Supreme court decisions, you know? Right. So we're in pride month, gay month, whatever month, rainbow month. Hashtag I'm sure you're seeing... don't flood us again. <laughs> you know, I, today I heard, or saw no less than probably 20 advertisements kind of attributing to your comment about spikes uh, quote there, you know, all of these businesses, you know, therefore equality and acceptance and open arms, all that BS. And, uh, but on top of that, my childhood has been ruined, you know, um, I actually had to go look this up when this actually came out. So 1996, Blue's Clues actually came out on Nickelodeon or Nickelodeon Junior, whatever channel was doing it at the time. And they've gone through several reboots and reworks. They've had a, uh, a series of hosts over the years. Some have gone crazy. You know, poor old Steve. Right. Poor Steve. Uh you know, but today, I I don't know if this was today's episode, yesterday's episode, what have you, but it was a pride episode. And that's what um, I just bunted in the guy's name, but that's what he was talking about in the opening is it's they, instead of talking about it being pride and talking about it being their choice to be trans or gay or lesbian, whatever, um, you're talking about it being individuals, you're talking about it being families because they've rewrote what uh, families are and what families look like um, and gone away from what the biblical understanding of families are. And that's 
that's where the world's going going down the crapper, honestly. Yep. You know, we've redefined family or attempted to, right? They've attempted to redefine what the family is. And part of that, I think, is there's there's certainly an effort, you know, from the likes of Black Lives Matter and other Marxist organizations to to destroy the nuclear family, right? Mom, dad, children. They want to take that away. Uh, and then what the LGBTQ rainbow plus RS, TUV, whatever. There is this attempt to redefine the family and normalize what for so long we would have said is not normal. And that's totally what this video is. If you haven't seen it, we'll post a link for y'all to, to go look if at If you want it. to ruin your childhood, that is, because Steven sent it to me, and now I'm just sad because they ruined Blue's Clues. What y'all don't know is he's in the fetal position while we're recording this. It's absolutely true. I just pulled the mic down closer so I could be not as yeah. sad. Right. Uh, but like, I mean, the, the first law, I mean, the first kind of big part of here, you know, the, uh, this family has two mommies. They love each other so proudly. Everything is so proudly. They do. They love each other so proudly. And, and it's all about love, right? Love is love. I think that's actually one of the last lines of the song. Love is love is love. So be happy. Don't judge. You know, that's the point. Uh, but, but we would say that, well, it's not our judgment we're we're casting when we look at this and discuss it. And you know, it, it's just a complete violation. And you know, speaking of judgment and what have you, I think people look at our denomination and maybe even the Roman Catholic denomination and um, things like that who are who our beliefs are staunchly against homosexuality and transsexuality and all these other things that they, they name off um, that were staunchly against them because, you know, the Bible says it's a sin. Um, they look at us and think that we, we just, we hate them and that we're scared of them and that we have transphobia or homophobia or what have you. And, and we're just judging them. And I just feel like that's not the case. We love our neighbors so much. So, that we would like to talk to them and help them see uh, their identity in Christ as opposed to their sexuality, which is what we talked about last week with the transsexual um, conversation that we had. Right. These are still people. Um, I mean, they're sinners just like you and me, right? Um, if I, if you or I look at another lustfully, that isn't our wife, you know, we're committing the same sin they are, you know, it, from, you know, if you're looking on the outside and you're, you're kind of looking at this macro level, you would think, well, that's so much worse. Well, thought, word, and deed, it's all equal. Mm -hmm. How, you know, God sees it as all equal. So it doesn't, there aren't varying ranges of sins. There aren't levels. Right. Which is, which is what, you know, which is what Christ says when he says, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you know, take your eye out. Don't actually take your eye out. But right. he's saying like, right. why, you know, it, they're all equal on all, on all accounts. You, you actually cheating on your spouse 
is equal with you just lusting after another woman or another man in God's eyes. That's what we're getting. Correct. Correct. The reason I think we get caught up in thinking that there are levels and thinking that, you know, that certainly God's going to punish one of these more harsh than the other is because in our, in our left-hand kingdom, you know, when dealing with crime and other things in our courts, right, there are levels, right? We have misdemeanors, we have felonies, we have all these different levels based on the seriousness of the crime. However, when it comes to judgment by, by God and our sins, and a lot of these crimes are totally sins, Mm -hmm. it's all the same. It, It doesn't say the wages of murder is death. It says the wages of sin is death. That's what. That's what he says. Right. And so there's no, there's no different levels. So with that being said, we love, we, we love and want everyone to know who Christ is, whether, mm-hmm. uh, whether your identity is still wrapped up in your sexuality or whether you're a drug addict, you know, it, it's, it doesn't matter. We're here to try and reach, reach the lost. That's, that's the point. So there's none of this, like, cause I saw a thing today and it really, made me mad but i don't i didn't respond because um it's not worth it's not worth arguing on social media but it's like yeah but someone someone who is a part of our denomination uh said if the church has ever shut you out i apologize i'm like that's your fault if the church shut a homosexual or transsexual out that's your fault for not reaching out to them and trying to show them christ's love like the church isn't shutting you out because they shouldn't be shutting you out anyways. They should be accepting you in no matter the sin to show you Christ's love. So you can turn away from your sin. That's the point of, of it. Right. And you can call me hypocrite all you want. And I'll say, yes, I am because I'm supposed to live a sinless life and sin every day. Like it just, I don't know. It is. um, I think part of that and you and I both get upset about it, but so many people, kind of buy into this idea of making these blanket statements, blanket apologies. Um, and it's all virtue signaling. It is. And by their attempt, by their virtue signaling, they attempt to show love. Right. When in reality, all they're doing is showing ignorance. No one's really showing love by saying, Oh, I'm so sorry that you know, that, you know, old timer, you know, German Lutherans were mean to you because you're queer. What does that do? What you, what you end up doing is validating the sin because your apology is, I'm sorry they were mean to you, but not look, no one should be treated this way regardless. But Christ is for you and even the sins you commit openly and willingly Christ is for you come and see what he's all about Mm -hmm. and what they'll see is Christ is totally about love Mm -hmm. just not the love they're thinking right because we think we we don't think in the we don't think in the um we don't think in the sense of unconditional love that God has for us and that's because it's not anywhere in the world. 
you know, as, mm-hmm. as much as we try to be unconditional with our wives and our kids and our parents, what have you, like it still can be conditional at times because right. we're not God. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's just, that's just one of the things that like about affirming Christians, if you will, that rubs me the wrong way because I, I see it as you're not, you not holding the Bible to be the inerrant scripture, uh, the inerrant word of God. Um, but some of those people you talk to, they don't actually believe that the Bible is in the inerrant word of God. So, right. And I think, like I said, I think what it comes down to, it's an attempt to, to show love, but, but all it is, is, is just putting your ignorance out there. And mo- most people, most people see right through that. You know, it's, they, they don't see it as genuine or their response is, Oh, thank you for saying that. So and the expectation is this person is different. They're going to accept me wholeheartedly, no problem, and love me, uh, and you know, love me because I love I love you know someone of the same sex or whatever, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, you know, they love me and they're affirming, and therefore my behavior is fine. So, with that, let's take a break. You can meet and hear Mark and Molly Hemingway, Robert George, Brian Wolfmiller, Jack Phillips, Larry Rast, and Will Whedon at the 2021 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. Making the Case is Friday, July 23rd and Saturday, July 24th at Concordia University, Chicago. Registration is $150. Learn more at issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. Making the Case, July 23rd and 24th in Chicago. I think there's a lot of question these days of, of who are we? Who are we to, uh, you know, as far as our sexual identity? Who are we uh, with regards to our race identity? You know, are we, um, are we the oppressor or are we the oppressed? Uh, you know, a lot of this comes out, and and this month will be interesting. After a, an entire year of of what seems to be an endless racial discussion of things that many of us thought might have been settled, some of us think it's never been settled. Um, now we're getting to you know Pride Month twenty twenty one. 
after everything we've experienced, a a very contentious and crazy presidential election, based on what everything I've heard today, uh, we've pretty much are reaching the end of COVID, hmm. you know, because I didn't really see a single big hot topic, you know, he- headline. Mm-hmm. Of, of regarding COVID today, I, but everything mm, about pride. Right. Yeah, it's all about pride. Um, and I think the only states that are requiring students to wear masks now, I could be wrong, and I might have, I, I just quickly glanced at it, are California and Hawaii. I think those are the only states that are still requiring it, which honestly is... Even New York? I... That's what I'm saying. Like, I just saw the, the, it was a quick glance. So I can't tell you what, like, I couldn't tell you an article or anything like that. It was just a quick glance that I saw uh, scrolling through. But yeah, which is incredible, be considering that New York wouldn't uh, wouldn't have it. But the next game, like the playoff game, they had a full house at Madison, Madison Square Garden. So I guess mm. they finally have let people live life there. And I think the Yankee Stadium and like all that, like Mets, all of them are having having fans in um i don't think any of them are 100 percent capacity like our great state of texas you know i won't say the rangers are great they suck but at least the astros are um 100 capacity again and so science but yeah i think you're right coming to the end of covid it's great it's nice never thought we'd get here right well i mean the only thing that (laughs) two weeks to flatten the curve over a year later right no kidding the uh, the one thing I did see was some new strain of bird flu that some guy got in China. But the Chinese government is saying, don't worry, there's no risk of major transmission and spread. Uh, they um, said that. About, so I'll take that with a grain right, of salt. Right. That just reminds <laughs> me of of the um, the scene in Harry Potter. Why is it when something happens, it is always you three? Why? Why is it when something's wrong, it's always you three? I was like, why is when there's always a novel virus, it's China? Like, that's that's all I could think of. It's just, it's, it's, it's too much. I saw the comment today on a, I don't remember if it was in an article or maybe commentary on, um, on a, an issue or a tweet. I guess it was a tweet or Instagram post by a former porn star, um, who I guess ha- is, uh, of Middle Eastern descent. I, I think, uh, Oh, um, she lives here in Texas. Y- yeah. I know who you're talking about. The first time I'd heard of her, um, she, I guess, oh, it was probably four years ago now, or however long ago Santa Fe was, yeah. she went to the Austin Police Department and turned in a shotgun, or she called them and said, oh, you know, I want to turn in this shotgun because it's evil. You know, I'm worried it's going to grow legs and go shoot up a school. Um, essentially, <laughs> essentially what she was doing. Anyway, so she made a comment uh, about Israel, uh, likely siding with Hamas or what have you. However, 
what she doesn't realize is Tel Aviv is probably one of the most gay friendly, you know, places in the world. You know, ironically enough, the very liberals who hate Israel, in a lot of ways, Israel's one of the most liberal places because it was by the very nature of being different and murdered was the whole setup in uh, Nazi Germany. And for them, they don't want to be that way. Uh, In a lot of ways, there is some religious stuff that goes between them and Hamas, but Hamas is a terrorist organization. And them fighting Hamas is not the same as their other struggles with those of claiming the mystical land of Palestine to be theirs. And what's even been even more interesting with this, this whole uh, Israel and Hamas debacle that's going on is the Arab Israelis who are coming out in support of Israel saying, Mm -hmm. no, listen, Hamas is a terrorist organization attacking my homeland. I saw I saw right. an interview. Uh, was it with Dan Crenshaw? I believe uh, he was interviewing someone for his podcast, and the man was an Arab, uh, Arab Israeli. So it means he's he's not a Jew. He's mm-hmm. he's of Muslim like a uh, Muslim religion, like he, the religion of Islam. Get the words out eventually, but he was denouncing what Hamas was doing had had the uh, Israel flag behind him. So he has a star David sitting behind him in the the white and the blue. Like, so that's, that's what's incredible is they just seem to shut out the fact that there are Muslims uh, who live in Israel who are being ravaged by missiles being shot by Hamas. You know, it's, yeah, it's not it's not like it's the Jews versus the the it's not like it's the Jews versus the Muslims. It's Israel versus Hamas. It, that's what it is. It just so happens that Israel is a Jewish nation and Hamas is a Muslim terrorist organization. You know, but the irony was that she would make such a comment uh, with regards to that, and I think part of it, maybe I don't know, maybe she had tr- quite tied pride month into it but the irony is now that it's you know pride month and obviously it's funny how this works out the perversion of things like pornography quote sex work what have you seems to go hand in hand with all the pride stuff Mm. right because if you support their freedom to have relations with whomever, it kind of makes sense when you're doing that on camera. And since, and so someone made the comment that since she has had same sex relations on camera, whether she, whether it was her sexual preference or not, the punishable offense that it is, under the Hamas regime is I don't know if it was death, but it was like pretty serious as opposed to Tel Aviv where pornography is legal. All these things are legal. It's all these people who, who back pride. They always tend to be associated with 
companies, like you said, those companies that have those, um, you know, sweatshops in China or whatever, you know, they're, they're all out. It, it, what it boils down to is pride month is all about making money. Absolutely. It's just another, it's just another, um, another way for companies to exploit a demographic so they can make more money, which is the beauty of capitalism. Oh, totally. But, the question I've got is how will this play out? And I started mentioning this, you know, the last, um, before the break, how will this all play out when, when there's, you know, another push because I think it's coming. I think we're already seeing it, right? Will black lives matter allow pride month to ride their t- mm. uh, coattails? you know, behind any uh, legislation or, you know, upcoming things, right? Because there there seemed to be some friction last year because everything was so hot, you know, after the uh, George Floyd thing that the Pride Month almost kind of well, got what overlooked I saw was they tied they tied it in so much with accepting black gay people, black transsexuals, black uh, asexuals, black whatever. That's it tied in so much with the like, well, we're still going to have Pride Month, but we're just going we're going to focus more on it being about the black community and the homosexuality, LGBT, LMNOP going on over there. Mhm. Mhm. But it is interesting mm-hmm. to think about and kind of observe because Ultimately, you're going to start having clashes, even within the LGBTQ, whatever, you know, community, mm. there are already clashes and the mm. clash is the T. Yeah. The T call, like we talked, we hit, we spent an episode, you know, last mm-hmm. time talking about the T and the T is the big thing. It's, it's the big hot button issue, mm-hmm. especially with the L's. The L's are the ones who are now running yeah. into big issues with the T's. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know whether it's sports, other things, there is almost see the L's mm-hmm. are still women, and for them it's all about the mm-hmm. women's empowerment, all those things that all fall in line, mm-hmm. and the T's are disrupting that. So I don't know. It is interesting to kind of see how it will all clash, and ultimately, I think it all implodes on itself. The question is. How mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. will we suffer dealing right. with all this exactly. before that? Because happens. it's not, and it was the same way um, with uh, women's rights. And I'm I'm okay with women's suffrage. I'm okay with women's having rights. I'm okay with women being in the being in the workforce. Blah blah blah. Just say that so no women get mad at me. Um, but it's the same thing with like women's rights. Like the the like the ones who were very like very much we are women hear me roar kind of thing. It was never about equality. It was about getting even. And that's what we're seeing now with the LGBTQ um, uh, society or Mm -hmm. uh, group is it's not about getting even with uh, um, 
equal. It's not about it's not about getting equal with equal. us with people who are straight. It's about getting even with us because we've always had the rights. We've always had this. We've always, we never had to hide our sexuality. Blah, you know this, that, and the other. And it what what blows my mind is they've stopped really focusing in on what's happening in America because pretty much everyone here is just like if you're gay, you're gay. Like okay, cool. Like it's a transsexual transsexual stuff is is the real hot topic right now. Um, like you said, but they're focusing, mm-hmm. they're trying to like focus more about like the con- the 70 plus countries in the world where it's still illegal to be a homosexual. I'm like, well, well are, what are you doing to change that there? One and two, that's usually uh, countries that are pra- practicing Sierra law. Right. And, or um, right. are still have antiquated ideas on how, um, how things should be processed and how much control government should have over people's lives. Um, but yet you still are very supportive of those type of governments. And that's the kind of government you would like to see happen in America. So what is it? What do you want? You know, everyone is for power until mm-hmm. that power is used on them. Right. It's kind of like everyone wants a, uh, a living constitution uh, and everyone's in favor of a, uh, of a quote liberal or a Supreme court that votes their way. Right. Until they that's, don't, that's, until that's it doesn't work in their favor. What, Nancy Pelosi did it with the constitution. It was like, all of a, you know, all of a sudden she's all about the constitution says this, and the constitution says that when uh, Trump was appointing uh, right. Amy Coney Barrett, like, is constitution this constitution that i'm like oh so now we care about the constitution and what it says same thing same thing as what you're saying like it's it's all good until they don't go with what you wanted to say you know right so it, it is a changing society and it will be um I don't know how I would describe it will it will be a, a, an interesting ride you know the days ahead to see how this all plays out to see what this means for the church to see what this means for individuals freedoms you know obviously you know us talking about the blues clues thing and the whole thing you know that's another added for you, that's another added layer mm-hmm. that now you've got to check all these things before your sons watch them or see them. Uh, or it, it begins to add more to the discussions you have at a younger age than what you ever exactly. thought you would have I, to have the discussions. Right. Because they're going to be exposed I'm, to it I'm this so much more quickly. To like just letting him just watch VeggieTales all the time. As much as I dislike VeggieTales, I'm that close. Because... At least, not yet. It hasn't been infiltrated with the um, with with LGBTQ like trying to push their way through because you really can't like you can't watch any show nowadays without someone having two moms or two dads or something. You know, it's it's all about it's all about it. So, well, that right, and so on top of on top of Blue Scoops, right? They're redoing the Rugrats. Oh, I didn't know that, and I think. I think a parent, a parental unit in the Rugrats is going to be oh. a lesbian. Okay. You know, because of course you gotta, you gotta, anything you remake, 
you've got to go add in any oppressed group, mm-hmm. you know, to represent uh, a character. Exactly. I was like watching, I was watching the um, Mighty Ducks um, relaunch or whatever it's like about, like it's down the road, like uh, Coach Bombay is now washed up and like owns an ice rink or whatever. And anyways, um, and they put this team together and it's called the Dumb Bothers. It doesn't matter. Okay. But in there, there's one kid on the team who has two moms, which mm-hmm. the original Mighty Ducks, there were no, there's none of that. So of course, Disney had to go and add that in there and make it something like that. Just like the Mandalorian, there was some parts where you're not sure if someone was a lesbian or not. Like it, it's, they try to add it in there wherever they can just to try and, I don't know, um, Stockholm syndrome you into it. Yeah. You know, it's all propaganda and we're, we're fed it every day. And, you know, ultimately, you know, here's my question. What percentage of parents who are said to be allies to the whole movement, what percentage of them are so aligned to that that they'll push the whole trans idea on their children? Mm. And who's to say that where you and I never had this issue, where maybe your sons may have the issue um, of saying, okay, well, well, you're nice to talk to. Uh, Were you born a girl? Mm. Right. 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 You know, it's something that you and I would have never had to worry about. Exactly. But, you know, it's something I think about, you know, will there be enough kids who are going to be put through this and mixed in with everything that that it will start? You, you're going to have to start to think about these things. Right. Uh, because and I think that's part of the reason there is a fight now to normalize, you know, just because I'm a man wanting to be a woman. You as a straight male should want to still be with me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, there was there was a. Um... There's an article about that. I think we discussed it privately. We didn't discuss it on the podcast, but we talked about that, like where someone's like, you're transphobic because you don't want to date a trans woman. I'm like, no, I just, you know, like my women to be women. Like, That's right. So, it, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's where where it's going is in, incredulous. It's ridiculous. It's, I don't know, I'm lost for words. Of course, but there is always the gospel. Yes. And there is always that hope that that we Christians have and that these people desperately need. Hmm. They need this hope because right now their only hope is to accomplish the next thing, right? It's always, they're, they're always going to be climbing the ladder. Those who consider themselves oppressed will always be climbing that ladder and they're never going to achieve you know, a, a final point because for them, I I think ultimately where it lies down is, is the mental issues that they suffer from will not allow them to finally reach that plateau where they think that they fully accomplished everything. Exactly. So.
We know that you want to build your family on the right foundation from the very start, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Concordia Publishing House offers more than 8,000 products for churches, schools, and homes, dedicated customer service, and an experienced staff to help you focus on what matters most. Click to connect at cph.org. Concordia Publishing House, listening, responding, providing for God's people. Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. Well, I woke up Sunday morning with no way to hold my head that didn't hurt. And the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad, so I had one more for dessert. On a Sunday morning sidewalk, I'm wishing, Lord, that I was stoned. And you're not drinking with me tonight. But I know that you had a, a fun weekend. I did. I, I tried several different beers yesterday. Yeah. Um, and a new tequila. Did you log them all in? I did. I did log them all in on untapped. I'll have, um, I'll have to go back and look. It was, well, it was mainly I, I had, um, what I have, I had some of the ones we picked up from urban South, um, uh-huh. the tangerine, um, cream soda, marshmallow, the coconut, pineapple, uh, marshmallow one. And I blanked on the third one. I can't remember it at the moment, but we also had some, um, margaritas, and we used that um, tequila that Dwayne Johnson came out with, that The Rock came out with, the Terra, oh. Terra Lingua, or te, not Terra Lingua, uh, I can't think of it. I'll tell you, I'm not much of a tequila drinker anymore. Um, college is a different story, but I'm not much of a tequila drinker anymore. And um, But I tried it, and it's smooth. It's very smooth. But Steven, you're drinking. What you got over there today? So this is the relatively new Shiner Seasonal from the old Spetzel Brewery, and it is the Hill Country Peach Wheat. Um, I don't know. To me, it just kind of tastes like a little more weedy uh, holiday cheer. They just like up, you know, basically probably took that and uh, used that type of grain and just up the peach. Uh, but the first thing when I first, the first drop I had was like, it just tastes like an overly peachy hmm. holiday cheer. Yeah, which I, I'm not going to complain about too much. I mean, I, th- I think it's pretty good, uh, and I like holiday cheer. Yeah, I, holiday cheer is a is one of one of my favorite seasonals from them. Um, have you had their? I'm just blanking on it. Oh no, all I can see is Carbox Southern Wheat. Uh, but there's another wheat that. There's another wheat that um, Shiner has, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Oh, um, I know what you're one you're talking about. It's re- like a kind of a purple looking label. Yes, yes, the purple. Oh, I've had it. It's pretty good. Is it okay? I've had. It. I can pick it up here though, surprisingly, and I think I can get that peach one here as well. So I might have to pick that up next time I'm at the store. Yeah, and give it a shot. But I didn't. I didn't drink anything out, out uh, crazy. But I know that um, this weekend I'm going to pick up a a few. Uh, a few tasty waves, Carbock tasty waves, because I'll mm-hmm. I'll be in Texas this weekend, and um, I'll save a few and bring them back to Louisiana so I can enjoy that on the next podcast. Totally, totally. Well, we're looking forward to Sunday morning. Always, always. Uh, mainly because that's how I get through the week. <laughs> 
So, so we, we've shifted, uh, or about to shift in our, uh, in our church year and how we kind of look and count our days. Whereas basically from, um, the fall, uh, more and more or less, but really from Advent all the way through this past Sunday, Holy Trinity, all of the Sundays are in some way shaped around life and events uh, of the work and ministry of Christ. Whether that was everything leading up to his birth, his birth, and then all those things. That's kind of what that chunk of the year is. And now we're about to enter into a long year where you're going to hear Richard and I talk from week to week, maybe about some readings that kind of don't quite all fit in any particular order. But really, this is the time of the year where we Christians um, who follow electionary, these readings are all kind of geared towards teaching a lesson by way of the gospel, by way of Jesus' ministry, and but they're not necessarily centered on particular events as much as they truly are centered on the teachings and how that's helpful for us Christians as we grow uh, looking forward to again going through the life and work of Christ in a more uh, intensive and a more deliberate way again, you know, all the way up until next Advent. So, so that's where we are. And this Sunday's gospel reading comes from the um, the Evangelist Mark, in the third chapter, uh, beginning with the twentieth verse. Before I do that, I'm going to read for you the prayer, the collect of the day, this kind of prayer that uh, sums up the day, which it it doesn't necessarily, if you're, as, as I read this, and then as we go through the reading, you're, you're, you may not necessarily see the connection at first, but but you've got to kind of get, you got to take the time to, to soak it all in. So the collect of the day is Almighty Eternal God, your Son Jesus triumphed over the Prince of Demons and freed us from bondage to sin. Help us to stand firm against every assault of Satan and enable us always to do your will through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. So here we are, beginning with the 20th chapter of the third. Uh, the 20th verse of the third chapter of, of Mark. Then Jesus went home and, to, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying, he is out of his mind. Very interesting to think about this. Um, that, you know, here is the very faithful mother of Jesus, Mary, mother of God, Mary, you know, and likely with Jesus' siblings, you know, running to kind of, you know, making the bold statement, God, this guy's crazy. He just doesn't stop, you yeah. know? It's, um, uh... <laughs> must have been insufferable to be around him. But yeah, like, <laughs> he is nobody's talking about. Get him in here before he gets stoned or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, as if, you know, all the other times, you know, where Jesus, avoids any of those things uh, until the time has come. Uh, it's just kind of funny, you know, that, that they would make the claim he's out of his mind. 
You know, that's that's generally what my wife says about me. Well, I say it about you as well. So, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so continuing on, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, "He is possessed by Beelzebul, and by the prince of demons. He casts out the demons." And he called them to him and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And we'll pause there. So the interesting kind of part here is that the ignorance of the people who are seeing all of this, you know, who would claim that Jesus is possessed by a demon, yes, uh, a named demon, um, at that and that he would by the power of satan you know the father of lies the father of all demons would be doing this work that that just looks so crazy in their eyes um ultimately what it kind of comes down to is it doesn't make a whole lot of sense you know because satan's not going to make <laughs> make his defeat that easily yes he, yeah it's That'd be like archers turning on each other and shooting each other. Like that, may, it makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense. It would be, well, it would kind of be like this, right? It'd be like, you know, your, you know, your pastor preaches the gospel. My pastor preaches the gospel, but then my pastor comes and says, "Get out of here!" You know, cast cast your pastor out. And but they're both. They're both preaching the gospel. Right. They're both doing the same. You know, they're both working towards the advancement of the kingdom. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't help the cause. Right. Uh, so, so when this happens, uh, you know, they would make this idea that uh, he would cast out on behalf. He would cast out Satan's demon on behalf of Satan. Makes no sense. Hmm. And so Jesus goes on to say, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. Uh, which is which is what what we just said, right? It makes no sense mm-hmm. that uh, that this would happen. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Now, there is some of that that rings true, and and for us Americans, I think a lot of us think about uh, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, he he is Abraham Lincoln was certainly a student of the scriptures to an extent. And of course, we kind of hear this come out in one of his speeches about, you know, um, a nation that has both slavery and freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't work. You know, right. we've got to abolish the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ironically, him being, you know, a not non-racist. Right. You know, he, he was, it's not like he was this, he may have been an abolitionist at the end, but it's not like he had a favorable view right of the slaves you know it's it's interesting that he had all the power to probably convince the country to go the opposite direction yeah oh he absolutely could have um and i'm not mistaken one of his one of his solutions was to send slaves back to the continent of africa or send them to the caribbean um just to get them out of the country yep if you, um, if you get rid of them all, mm-hmm. then there's no problem. Right, exactly. So It's a little bit of a Stalin approach. Right. 
there's there's one thing I was I was thinking about as um we're reading this and when he says how can Satan cast out Satan it made me think of the fact that or even when they they tell him he's possessed by Beelzebub and by the prince of demons he casts out the demons um how much Satan is working to cloud their eyes even there to say that he is that Jesus is casting out uh, demons in the name of Satan like how much the devil how hard the devil is having to work to make them not see what's truly happening there oh totally being, being the father of lies you know right. placing lies there for them to see um, it's just it's just interesting that he would use he would use himself as a as an example of a way to to um, to try and cast doubt on um, on Jesus's ministry there on earth Right. And so then Jesus goes on to say, and if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but is coming to an end. Well, like, like I mentioned, Satan's not going to go down that easy. No, he, he's not going to, he, <laughs> he's not going to be, uh, <laughs> you know, basically set up a trap and get caught by the, um, the trail of treats that would eventually entrap himself in his own trap, you right. know? Exactly. Like, Ooh, I, a piece of candy. Ooh, a piece of candy. Yeah. <laughs> this, this makes me think of um, that scene in fight club where he starts a fight with himself in his boss's office. Right. Like, that's exactly, that's, that's essentially if Satan was casting out demons in his own name, then he would just be beating himself up. Exactly. Makes, it makes no sense. Anyway, sorry. So, so then Jesus kind of gets around to really bringing this together. Um, this is uh, verse 27. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. Then indeed he may plunder his house. That's totally true. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that in some ways. You know, the person coming into your house or my house is not only going to be to be strong, but they're going to have to have a lot going for them to, to get work around the amount of lead that's going to be pouring in their direction. Yes. Right. So you've got to overtake the owner before you can do something. Mm-hmm. And so when we think of this as Jesus and Satan, uh, Satan being the homeowner, and Jesus being the home wrecker or whatever have you, because this is what happens in the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. This is what happens in his descent to hell is that um, Jesus busts into the house, overpowers the strong man, Satan, mm-hmm. because Satan is strong. Mm-hmm. You know, when we sing Jesus loves me, you know, I am weak, but he is strong. You know, we make that we are too weak to fight Satan. None of us can overcome our uh, state as sinners condemned by the law and in the grasp of Satan. Mm-hmm. It has to be the stronger man, and Jesus is the stronger man. Yes, this is the whole. This is the whole point that he comes, binds Satan up, and by way of binding Satan up, destroying death. Right. So basically he smashes the house. Right. It's almost as if to say you could have this illustration binding Satan up, chaining him forever. 
to this damned place and then on Satan's mantle, you know, death and all these sin, all these things that, that basically chained us. Um, however, he'd have him set up on his mantle. Jesus is smashing. Yes. And and that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the point that Jesus is making here that Satan is not going to go down easy. This is, this is what would have to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which he did for us. And this is the great, this is the good news. Yes. This is the gospel. And so Jesus concludes, truly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemes they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin for, for they had said he is an unclean spirit. And the, the, parallel texts right refer to this as uh, the unforgivable sin mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about you but I kind of had this struggle um, in a podcast I listened to that talks about uh, the upcoming readings you know the uh, the co- the commentator mentioned being in college being friends with some new Christians who were reading this passage mm-hmm and then are now plagued like, oh my goodness, I've got to figure out what is this unforgivable sin lest I commit it. Right. I I had that um <clears throat> I had an issue with high schoolers on my first call. Mm-hmm. They were reading through, saw the same thing, and they're like, Wait, I thought all sins were forgivable or like were forgiven, but this one's unforgivable. Right. Like, but what if I repent of it? Am I still gonna am I gonna go to heaven? I'm like, if you right. repent of it. Are you blaspheming the Holy Spirit at that point? No, because you exactly. you notice your sin and you repented of it. It's it's right. you're still aware. Yes, that's that's the thing. You know, it's it's when we lose that awareness hmm. when we have totally rejected and blasphemed the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that we are then lost and condemned forever. Right, and believing in whether that is like saying that God does not exist, or whether that's saying that. Um, you believe in a different God or what have you, that's, that is blaspheming the Holy Spirit in that sense. Um, well, no, not in that sense. That's what it is. Um, right. It's not, it's not questioning God. It's not questioning um, what's going on in your life or like, it's none of that. Because if that was the case, then Job would be going straight to hell. Luther would have mm-hmm. went straight to hell. Uh, mm-hmm. Melanchthon, all of them, they would have all gone to hell because they questioned God and what the, what his their purposes were on earth with that with with him and with it, you know and their life and their faith like questioning questioning your faith during your journey is not blaspheming the Holy Spirit it's saying he doesn't God doesn't exist or believing in a different God right totally totally making something else uh, your God and completely rejecting and I think what I think how I would describe it is it, it is almost one when one loses their sense of consciousness, right? It loses that conscience that might, even if they say, well, I'm struggling with believing, you know, in all this Christianity stuff, right? You know, they're mean to gay people. They're, they're not celebrating pride. I'm questioning, you know, how could, how could God truly be loving when these are the people that, claim to be for him but it's when you 
it really is when you become numb to all of these things mm-hmm. uh, are totally unremorseful of any actions mm-hmm. when you no longer see those actions as wrong you know it really is um a deep dark place to be to get to that point yeah and which is which is my fear for this like coming generation is the apathy for uh, life that this generation has mm-hmm. and not uh, not realizing the toll that they're putting on themselves by by being so apathetic to so many things you know to mm-hmm. faith to what um, what's going on in society or putting their empathy in places that is sh- that they should not be putting their empathy into, you know, mm-hmm. following causes that, that aren't necessarily causes that should be followed in vice versa. You know, it's just, um, that's, that's where it is, but they're very, I feel like this generation is very apathetic to the gospel just because it seems like it's mean. It seems like it's hypo- um, it seems like it's hypocritical of, um, of all these things. Mm-hmm. So, concluding here, at least in this section that we're going to have coming up Sunday morning, uh, Jesus, you know, is kind of faced, you know, the crowd uh, comes up, his mother and his brother. So it's uh, verse 31. And his mother and his brothers came and staying outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus is asked a question here about uh, about who his mothers and his brothers are his mothers one his mother and his brothers are um you're just so enwrapped i know i know i just got so so caught up in the moment um but he's asked he's asked about his um mothers about his mother and his brothers and who they are and jesus doing his true jesus thing says well who are they what what are they he looks around the circle and he says Anyone who does the will of God is uh, is my mother and my brothers, inviting us in to a divine family, inviting us in to be um, brothers of Christ, brothers with him, uh, brothers and sisters with him uh, because of his death and resurrection on the cross and what he did for us there and for the, the blood that was shed for him um, or shed for him, shed by him for us. Uh, invited us into a family that is greater than any biological family that we have. It's uh, we're invited into a um, into a divine family where uh, God the Father is um, is everyone's father. Totally, you know this is this is the whole point, right? That it's it's by way of of Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, all these things that we're granted that spot were granted that position to be called uh, to be called his family to be called a right holy to be called people. sons and daughters of you know we were adopted into that family and the waters of baptism because of the death and resurrection of our savior um that's in yep. romans um 
that Paul writes about that and talks about that uh, to the Church of Rome. Um, and another thing is, is you look at this, uh, you look at this passage, and you think about the persecution and the uh, atrocities that were being committed towards these early Christians, um, and how most of them or some of them lost their family members, whether it was due to death and execution, or whether to just being um, uh, almost said excommunicated, but that's not the word, um, being kicked out of their family, you know. Uh, because mm-hmm. they turned from the beliefs of um, the Jewish beliefs or what whatever beliefs they had um, and turning towards the way, turning towards the uh, following Christ. And so it was a comfort to them knowing that they may have lost their biological or their earthly family, but they in turn gained a divine family, brothers and sisters, that... Um, that they can rely on and call upon in a time of need. Right. And so now after all of this, we now see the whole picture here uh, of the collect, right? You know, your son, Jesus triumphed over the Prince of demons, totally freed us from bondage. You know, that's the whole point and help, you know, help us to, you know, and then, and then our pleading that, you know, um, God would help us to stand firm against every salt of Satan and enable us always to do God's will. And, and that's the thing, right? You know, Jesus says, you know, whoever does my will or does the will of the Father, you know. Um, and so that's our striving um, each yes. day. So to close out, the hymn of the day is Rise to Arms with Prayer Employee. And I will... And I will leave you with the first stanza. Rise to arms with prayer employ you. O Christians, lest the foe destroy you. For Satan has designed your fall. Wield God's word, the weapon glorious. Against all foes, be thus victorious. For God protects you from them all. Fear not the hordes of hell. Here is Emmanuel. Hail the Savior, the strong foes yield to Christ our shield, and we, the victors, hold the field. Follow us on Instagram at LGBP underscore podcast. Go leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen on. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the LGBP podcast. We'll see you again next week.